Welcome to Lakeland Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Lakeland, please visit our website at lakeland.church. Amen. That was really, really sweet. Amen? Yeah. All right, we are going to now actually do something I'm really excited about. We are going to actually kind of a little, have a little ribbon cutting ceremony right now for Lakeland Park. So this is going to be sweet because uh, we're opening it today for your kids, okay? The kids are kind of getting a sneak peek into it, uh, not after service, but just for the next 20 minutes, they're actually going to be playing in Lakeland Park. And I do have to tell you, it's a lot of fun. I couldn't even keep my kids away from it over Christmas break. They were over here multiple times, including the college kids. So it's going to be a great thing for our community. You know, this is our heartbeat, is all of Lakeland Park is ultimately just to be able to serve those in our community. Here we live in an area that it's cold, you know, six to nine months out of the year, and sometimes you just need to be able to burn some calories, and so this place will be uh, available for young families and uh, people to be able, our, our youth groups as well, to be able to utilize that space. It's going to be incredibly uh, sweet. So they're getting, they're going to get like a, a, a little experience of it today. It'll be open to the public officially in just a few weeks, but we thought, how fun to just go on a little journey. So you're going to come with me right now, okay? And well, you're staying right where you're at, but you're coming along. And, uh, and we're going to go right outside these doors here, and we're going to go and, and uh, cut the ribbon with the kids. Cool? So you guys uh, just follow me online. You're going to see it on the screen here. And so here we go. You're keeping up awesome. This is going to be super sweet. we got all the kids already waiting out here, and they are ready. Hey, kids, are you guys excited about this? <laughs> all right, I'm going to get on this side over here. This is super sweet. Now, you guys know, do you know why we've, why we've invested all this time and energy into this? Who's this for? Is it... Oh, yes, I heard of Jesus. Ultimately, that people would come to know Jesus. But did you know it's for your parents? No, 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 no. It's, it's for you guys. And we are so excited for you guys to get to, able, to be able to play in there. Is anyone else excited to go on in there and play for a little while? All right, so then how about we cut this ribbon? And so I need someone who will help me. Who will be my helper right now? All right, how about this guy right here? Yeah, 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 come on. Come on on the other side over here, right here. I'll hold the top, you hold the bottom. Open this thing up, pull it really. All right, ready, one, two, three, here we go. Oh, go, 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 go! <laughs> the kids are gonna have an awesome time for the next 20 minutes in there. Hopefully I'll be able to preach over them. Uh, but in the meantime, check out these announcements. Hey, Lakeland, welcome back in. We're so excited to be back together after Christmas break, whether that's in person at our physical campus, online or in VR. We have some amazing things that are starting uh, with the new year. So here's what's coming up next here at Lakeland. We're actually grand opening Lakeland Park today. Here in service in a little bit, you're gonna see a live ribbon cutting moment with our kids actually getting a chance to play in service. So be on the lookout for that. And then our public opening will be in just a few weeks and you'll find out more information about that as we get closer. And today, we're also kicking off the faith experiment, the next step from last year's God experiment where we're all gonna take our faith to the next level by trusting God more. And here's the thing, you can do that best by joining a group. You're 
faith journey is never meant to be done alone because we know that nobody battles alone. So if you want to join a group and make the most of your faith experiment starting today, you can text NEXT to 262-435-4390. That's what we have coming up. That's it. So Josh is going to come out now, and we're going to dive right into week one of the faith experiment, pushing your faith to the outer limits. Let's jump in. Dear Heavenly Triuneness, thank you so much for our blankets and also our cat. Actually, never mind about the cat. If it is your holy will, please help our heater keep up with the ridiculous temperatures outside, even though you are the one that decides the temperatures outside. I'm so sorry. Negative uh, 12 is actually perfect. And finally, bless this house for the next 40 days and 40 nights. Thank you so much for your time. Give it up for our tech, our, our creative team, our videographer, uh, Paul did a great job. Uh, I don't know how, oh, sorry, there you go. I don't know how many of you actually feel like, that's how I feel in my prayer life. I relate 100% with <laughs> that style of prayer. Maybe you're, you're like, that's me, that's like me on a good day right now. Uh, and that's honestly part of this whole journey with the faith experiment is to try to level the playing field and help all of us take a next step in our faith journey, no matter where you're at, to be able to grow and grow really in, this, in the effectiveness even of faith. Before we dive into it, though, a couple things I want to remind you about or just let you know about is a couple months ago, I talked about some trips that are coming up. Uh, I want to put those back in front of you once again because we have some interest meetings next week in regards to them. Um, we've got a missions trip going to Costa Rica in August, as well as we have a touring trip of Israel in February of 2024, okay? So next year in February. If you're interested in finding out more information about either of those trips, you can text the word trips to our uh, number, our 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 uh, church number, and we will follow up with you and get you information. So there's some meetings both ha uh, happening next week around both those trips. We'd love to talk to you about those and get uh, any get you all the information that you need uh, in terms of those. Also. Today we launched the faith experiment, and so let's just get some practical things out of the way. I want you to not just do the faith experiment alone. Well, that's never our heart. Um, I mean, yes, you can read it alone, you can process it alone, but it's best if you do this within a group, even if that group is just a few. That's okay. So maybe it's just... Uh, you grabbing this and a couple copies and doing this with a couple of your coworkers and once a week for a half hour you chat about here's how I'm learning and growing. We know families who have taken the faith experiment or they did it with the God experiment and they basically every single night at the dinner table they'd read it together. It takes you know three to five minutes and then they would talk about it and, and just kind of process as a family. We knew families that did that where they got copies for everyone around the nation even for their family members and once a week they'd hop on a FaceTime call and they would all just talk for a half hour about what they were learning. And so there's lots of different ways that groups can look, but we love for you to get into a group. If you start kind of one of those side ad hoc groups, here's what we would encourage you to do. Let us know so that we can resource you. We're actually creating small videos that help you launch into your discussion every week. We got small group discussion questions, leader guides, all that good stuff. And so we'd love to hook you up with that. You can swing by the group's uh, area right outside these doors or just email us at nextsteps at lakeland.church, and we will follow up with 
you in that regard. Also, uh, today, if you don't have a copy, make sure to uh, grab a copy of the book uh, today. If you are off-site and you're unable to get a copy from here, I've been told it will be on Amazon on Tuesday, okay? So you can buy the Kindle version or you can order a copy um, uh, on Amazon at that time. But it might take a little bit for it to get here and we don't want you to follow behind. So here's what we've done. We've actually uploaded to our websites right on our homepage. If you scroll down to the Faith Experiment, all of week one is there in a PDF. So you, can, so you have no excuse, okay, as far as being able to stay with us and be able to do daily readings. You can pull that up on your phone or a tablet or on your computer and stay with us. But we want you to all to be able to be engaged with us because tomorrow morning is really week one, day one. Uh, if you've gotten ahead, that's awesome. But if you haven't uh, yet started, you're right on schedule, okay, because we start tomorrow, and that'll be really sweet. All right, today as we kind of get ready to launch into this, how many of you, um, I'm sure most of you are aware of what happened last Monday night. Everyone know what happened last Monday night? Yes? Last Monday night, Damar Hamlin's heart stopped right there in the middle of the football game in the first quarter between the Bills and the Bengals. And in that moment, something unique started to take place. Uh, players often take, the, take a knee when there's an injury that's pretty severe, but this one was different. And you could see all these players take a knee, but their being on their knees shifted from a place to hang out and wait to a place to remain to pray. And it was really fascinating, if you actually watched the thing kind of unfold live, was how the commentators and, uh, and those talking in news were saying, you know, you could see all this prayer taking place and the commentators saying, now's the time, let's be praying right now for Damar and for his family. But a lot of times in the past when I've heard them talk about these things, it's often our thoughts and prayers are with the families. And this time it was really different. The, the, our thoughts were kind of out of the equation and it was just our prayers. It was, it was like incredibly bold. It was really amazing. In fact, last night, if you watched the game, uh, the, the Saturday night game, both teams took the field, all of them, entirely, filled the whole the center of the stadium. All, of, all like, you know, 100 players took their, went to their knees in prayer to give thanks for, the, for what God's been doing in DeMar's uh, life. It was unbelievable how they started the game last night. But... As we were kind of watching all these commentators make comments about it and saying praying, one guy took it one step further. ESPN's uh, analyst, Dan Orvlovsky, actually prayed for DeMar live on the air. And immediately the next day, I, here were just three titles, three articles that were written about his prayer. One article read this, ESPN analyst prays for DeMar Hamlin during live broadcast. Another title was this, social media, because everyone went to social media just saying praying for DeMar. Social media praises ESPN's Dan Orvlovsky on-air prayer, calling it powerful, brave, and genuine. Here was a third article title. Dan Orvlovsky prayed, uh, praised for, listen to this, most powerful TV moment ever. As he prays for Damar Hamlin on live, on, on TV live. If you're wondering what was the prayer, here was his prayer. Let me read it to you. God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard because we believe that you're God, and coming to you and praying to you has an impact. 
We're sad, we're angry, we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray. Truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe the prayer works, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin in your name. Amen. Like that is, it was amazing. And as a result of that prayer, I mean, it just sort of went viral. All these people sharing it, talking about it, writing articles about it. But what happened on Monday night was those watching the game were all of a sudden thrust into a moment where they had no control of the situation and life is literally hanging in the balance. And when things like that happen in life, you want to know what automatically kind of boils to the surface, bubbles to the surface? It's this thing called faith. See, the person who might have said, I don't know if I have any faith, all of a sudden, within moments, can be going, I'm, if I've got anything, I'm digging deep to get what I've got and bring it to the surface, right? It, it, it's in moments of desperation that this thing called faith actually comes to the surface in thousands, if not millions of people, instantaneously. And most of you, even as you hear that ESPN commentator pray, you probably would have said, you might have said, wow, he has really strong faith. Maybe you start to rank your faith in comparison to Dan's. You start going, wow, he has more faith than me. Or maybe you hear it and you actually start going, I feel like my faith is rising as I hear him pray, right? We all will face moments in life where faith comes to the forefront really quickly. And we start wondering, is my faith making a difference? Uh, is there, does faith really work? Does my faith move anything? Are there things that I could do to make my faith more effective? Are there things that I'm doing that's making my faith ineffective? And as we head into 2023, no matter where you are kind of on your faith journey or where you'd rank yourself on your faith journey, I think all of us would agree that if there were things we could do to make our faith more effective, so that if there was a Monday night crisis like that, we could pray and feel like my faith might make an impact, or let's personalize it, because we all have different crises that we might be facing in our lives. If, the inf- if you have an inflation crisis that's having a real impact upon your family's finances, or a relationship crisis, or a work issue, or a whatever fill-in-the-blank it is for you, that I want my faith to work. And that's what the faith experiment is all about. We're going to be diving into Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, where God says, this makes faith effective. This makes faith ineffective. People throughout Scripture and throughout, you know, biblical history who had effective faith, and what can we learn from those moments? Now, to just get us kind of all on the same... uh, kind of on the same baseline, let's define faith. And to define it, let's look to Scripture where God actually defines it for us. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, this is what it says. Now, faith is, okay, he's going to define it. What is it? It's confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, that's the tough thing about faith. You can't nail the thing down. You can't see it and go, there it is, and yet we can see evidence of it. I love how the King James puts it. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's substance, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is this thing that it can't be proven, but there's deep substance there, deep confidence in what we hope for, believe in, even though we can't see it. Remember, uh, remember science class back in seventh grade, maybe sixth grade, where you learned about gravity, 
How many of you remember that moment where your teacher started teaching you, here's how gravity works. I wish I had something. I would drop it. Boom. It would fall to the ground. And we all can understand that, okay, scientifically, gravity works. It draws things to the middle of the earth. Why is that important? Well, because the earth right now is spinning at 1,000 miles per hour. That's how fast we're spinning. And if gravity wasn't working, we would all be bing, flying off of this thing, right? Now, here's what's amazing. While we on this earth are spinning at 1,000 miles per hour, and gravity's holding us here, this earth is rotating around the sun at 67,000 miles per hour. That's how fast the earth is traveling around the sun. And then our sun, which is in our solar system, is also spinning around this giant thing called the Milky Way galaxy. And our solar system is traveling around that Milky Way galaxy at 468,000 miles per hour. That is 130 miles a second. Just put it in perspective. So put it all together. We're spinning at 1,000 miles per hour, traveling around the sun at 67,000 miles per hour, while traveling around our galaxy at 468,000 miles per hour. All together, we're flying right now through space, all of us right now, at over a half million miles per hour, and we're on the most amazing cosmic roller coaster, and nobody's getting sick. <laughs> How is it possible that we're not all sick right now? Because gravity's working right? It's because gravity is doing its job that all of us collectively right now are traveling at over a half million miles per hour through space, and we're all fine with that, right? You may not be able to see it, but the evidence is all over you. Gravity is all over you, and the evidence of it is all over you. And while you may not be able to see faith, the evidence of it working can be all over you. And that's what the faith experiment is all about. It's all about how Christ followers, they can have peace that surpasses understanding. It's the evidence of faith being all over you. It's when Christ followers forgive like Christ forgave us and have a freedom that is just so unique that the world doesn't understand. And the evidence of faith is all over you. It's when Christ followers are able to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control in situations where you shouldn't be able to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And the evidence of faith is all over you. It's as obvious as gravity. And I think most of us would agree that we want more evidence of the working of our faith to be all over us. And so every week we're going to be looking at Scripture and what it teaches us in terms of how our faith is connected to it. And this week you're going to be diving into, let me just say, you're going to be diving into how your faith is connected to this thing called surrender and, uh, and, and how your faith actually grows in connection to surrender. But for today, what I want to do is I just want to like level the playing field around this thing called faith. I want to look at an encounter in Scripture, and it's the encounter that actually is depicted in this picture on the, the book cover where this is actually Jesus and he's reaching out to his disciples who are in a ship or in a little boat in the middle of a storm. And he's actually inviting one of them to step out onto the water. And it's uh, this account that we're going to read. It's found in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 32. And, um, and I think in this account, what I love about it is to me it levels the playing field because I think every single one of us can relate to a moment in this story 
where you could say, that's, I get that moment. I can relate to that moment right there. I feel like I'm in that moment. And so let me read it to us. Matthew 14, verse 22, it says this. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, okay, so pause. This tells me that they have been rowing all night long. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. He's actually walking on the Sea of Galilee. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little, what? Faith. So here, all of a sudden, his faith is in question. His faith starts to waver. Why did you doubt? And they climbed into the boat, and the wind died down. So what do we see here? We literally see a faith experiment take place in this moment. This is why I love it. This is why uh, this picture is on the cover. It's because it is a, maybe one of the first very bold faith experiments where Peter is going to test out his faith. He's going to see some great success, and he's going to experience failure in this moment And uh, as he stretches out and experiments with his faith. But notice how it starts. Jesus obviously says to them, it, it's, it's I, and he says, all right, if it's you, if it's you, invite me to come on out there. I love that. If it's you. I love what that means because it means that Peter is still unsure. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way because I've totally felt this way many times. Have you ever felt this way where you're like, I just don't know if this is God. I don't know. Is this God? Is God calling me to do this? Or, or is this like the enemy and I'm being trip, tricked into it? Like, or is this just a bad burrito? Or is this a, a, a really good feeling in my, and, and I just have like some like warm, you know, warm fuzzies right now. And I feel, and that's God. And he's calling me into this. Like, is that him? And I love it because uh, you might've felt that at some point in your life, wondering, is this him? It's actually a great prayer that you can pray. It's probably one of the number one prayers that I've prayed so many times is this prayer. And I love sharing kind of like, these are great go-to prayers. Put this one in your pocket and regularly bring it out and regularly pray it. And it goes like this. God, if this is you, if you want me to take this step of faith, make it clear for me, call me clearly to take this step of faith. I've prayed that prayer probably hundreds of times going, God, if this is you, you had better make it really clear because I'm not walking if I don't hear your voice. And that's what Peter's saying. He's like, if I hear you reply back to me and I go, that's the voice of, of Jesus, then I'll take the step of faith. And maybe you, you find yourself in that situation today where you're like, I'm just unsure of what to do next. Well, here's a good, good gimme prayer. God, if this is you, I'm listening, and if I sense you calling me, then I'll come. And here's what I've experienced time and time again. When I pray that prayer, God, if this is you, he makes it so clear to me. Always. It's like he impresses it so clearly on my heart, going, yep, this is, this is me. 
I'm calling you out. And it makes it that much easier to take the step out of the boat. And notice what happens. Jesus replies back, yep, it's me, come. And then what happens? He gets out of the boat. He starts to walk on the, on the water. I love the whole story here. I love scripture. I love that he's successful. And then I love that he fails. Why do I love that? Because that's my life story. And it's probably your life story, right? You can, it, it levels the playing field where probably all of us are, are able to go, I can relate to that moment in the story. There are probably moments in your life where you're like, man, I felt like my faith was on fire and I'm walking tall and I felt like I was walking on water. And then there are other times where you're like, you know, it's like, and you're like, I can relate to that moment where I just feel like my legs are out from under me. My faith is failing and I'm definitely sinking, you know, like anyone? No, just me? Okay, you're all with me in this. And I love that scripture includes it and that we see it play out this way. And here's what uh, I love is Peter, he gets to experience the fullness of what faith can produce, which was the walking on the water. This is really important. There's something in Peter's faith experiment that is actually hitting the mark perfectly for a period of time. If you're going to ask me what was hitting the mark perfectly, there's probably more to it, but I want to point to at least two things that we hear Jesus say here that I would say he hits the mark perfectly. The first one is found actually in his attitude. It's an attitude mindset. Matthew chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. It's an attitude. It's attitude uh, of what they need to have and what they need to reject. You need to have my courage, take courage, and you need to reject the things that are causing fear in your life. Sometimes we, we, uh, sometimes we don't like the idea of rejecting things, and yet fear is something that we actually have to reject. We have to push away the things that cause fear in our lives. The second is found in obedience. In Matthew 14, verse 29, Jesus says to him, come. And when Jesus tells you to do something, you better do it. And this is what he says. He says, come, and Peter responds in obedience. So I think these two things of obedience and attitude, they set him up for his faith to be firing on all cylinders. And when either of those two things, at least in this moment, it's those two things, when either of those get out of alignment, his faith is going to start to fail. And that's what happens. His, his attitude of courage comes under attack. His eyes come off of Jesus. He starts to focus on the wind and the waves. He becomes afraid. Fear attacks the kingdom attitude of courage and immediately sabotages his faith, right? If I could kind of summarize it, think about it like this in your own life. I really believe fear always sabotages faith. Keep this in mind for the entire faith experiment. In fact, could I encourage you over the next 12 weeks while we're on this journey together to challenge you to do at least these two things that we see Peter do. Is that if Jesus says come, if he calls you to do something, respond in obedience no matter how scary it is. Second is eliminate all the things that naturally stir up anxiety or fear in your life. Like if you've got things in your life that naturally cause you to be anxious or fearful, just try to eliminate them for this 12-week journey to try to give you at least a leg up in this area of faith. So just think about it like this. Answer this question. What do I engage in that causes more anxiety or more fear in my life? 
Uh, is it after watching the news or after being on social media or after talking with your friends or after reopening your, your emails uh, at night or after uh, maybe even watching a TV show? Like, like, let me walk through some of those. Consider the news. Most news is bad news, right? And most news is actually fear-based. It almost always causes fear. And so maybe you find yourself fearful or anxious after watching the news. Well, just stop for the next 12 weeks. Maybe it's social media that stirs up fear within, within you. Are you aware that statistics and psychologists actually have proven that you are more anxious the more you spend time on social media? This is a fact. Like everyone agrees on it. All psychologists agree on it. The more time you spend on social media, the more anxious you are, and the more anxious you are, the more fearful you'll be. Those go together. So maybe just consider cutting some of that back or out. Or maybe it's certain colleagues or friends that stir up fear in you. Maybe it's certain TV shows. Like, let me give you an example. Years ago, my wife and I, we used to watch uh, the, the TV show 24. You remember this? 24? Jack Bauer, Saving the World in 24 Hours. Well, they really were like the masters of leaving you hanging and in great anxiety. And so my wife and I, I remember we would finish watching an episode and we would immediately, we would just be so anxious for Jack. How will he save the world? And so we would actually take, like counterbalance that to get our minds off of it. We'd have to watch like a half hour episode of some comedy just to like decompress us. Otherwise we would go to bed and we'd find ourselves playing the storyline over in our heads for the next couple hours and we couldn't fall asleep. Like we were losing sleep for Jack Bauer. It was crazy, right? And yet it was causing us anxiety. Here's another way that's actually played out. Um, there was a season of our lives where we'd watch a ton of like HGTV, like all these home remodel, like Chip and Joanne. Oh, they're the best, you know? But here's what would happen. You watch too much Chip and Joanne games, at least for us personally. Uh, my wife, we would watch these and then it would actually cause anxiety because we'd look at our place and we don't have the funds to do the remodel. And so there would be all this anxiety. And anxiety causes anger and frustration with our situation, discontentment. And it was all based on that. And so we actually had to cut out. I know we had to say goodbye to Chip and Joanne. Love them. But we had to say goodbye to them because they actually caused anxiety, which is rooted in fear. And we just needed to get it out of our lives. And so I don't know what it is that is actually stirring up fear or anxiety within you, but I would encourage you to eliminate it because I think we need a mindset a little bit, of, a little bit more like uh, my kids from this past week. So a, a week ago, we were on vacation. We went up uh, to Eagle River, actually. Uh, my, my sister's got a house up there. And so we were, we were up there for the week after Christmas, just uh, snowmobile and sled and you know, go out on the lake and play and things like that. And uh, one morning, uh, I woke up, I was looking out over the lake, and I saw out in the distance, not too far, but out on the lake, I saw this. Hopefully we got a picture. A wolf. And I saw this thing walk on out there, and behind it came another wolf, and behind that one came another wolf. And they came, started walking out on the lake, and they just kind of stopped out there, maybe a quarter mile from the house. And we had binoculars out. We're like, this is amazing. This is really cool. Look at this pack of wolves out there. Like, it looks awesome, and we're, we're enjoying them from a distance. 
and the kids are like, ooh, and ah, and it's amazing, and all that. And I thought we were all enjoying it from a distance until the next moment, I see my eight-year-old son and my nine-year-old daughter running down the hill, full snow gear, out onto the lake to go play with the wolves. And I run, I mean, I couldn't, it was probably 10 seconds later is how long it took me to get to the back porch and be, get outside to yell to them, kids, get off the lake. Don't run to the wolves. <laughs> Don't pet the wolves. I mean, it was like, you think like, when will these words ever have to come out of your mouth? <laughs> In these moments, and, and while my kids are coming back with their heads hung and like super bummed that they can't go play with the wolves, I was looking at it and while there's a side of me that was like slightly terrified because by the time I yelled out to them, they were 100 feet out onto the lake. I mean, they were well out on their way out there toward those wolves. Uh, but the other side of me was, thought it was hilarious because I'm like, who does this except for kids? who look at something that's scary and go, let's go after it. And here's what I loved about it. I love that in them, they demonstrate no fear. Now, I get it. In the natural, we should all steer clear of wolves. Hence why I yelled at my kids, don't run out. Don't pet the wolves. But there are lots of things in the natural that seem really scary that actually with God, you're in the safest place. That with him, it's not a scary situation. In the natural, sickness may seem scary, but with God, it's not. In the natural, inflation might seem scary, but with God, he's not freaked out. In the natural, when it seems like you can't pay your bills, and that's scary, when you're trusting God with your resources, you're actually in a perfect place. In the natural, when a relationship seems uh, too far gone, that can feel really scary. And yet, if you're trusting God as you move into that relationship, it's not. In the natural, when you're bound in, a, in an addiction, it might feel really scary, like you're all alone and there's no way out. But I promise you, with God, there is a way out. And with God, he's got you. With God, it's not scary. He can get you through it. There's no version of Peter walking on the water in the middle of the storm that didn't appear and seem very scary. But are you aware that with Jesus, he was actually in the safest spot? On the water, in the midst of the waves, was his safest place when Jesus was with him. And I know you could say it just seems foolish, but could I challenge you during the next 12 weeks to unashamedly maybe run toward some of the things that might seem scary if the Lord calls you clearly toward it. So for example, that relationship that you've said, I'm never going to deal with it, or I'm never taking a step toward it to try to restore it. During this journey, don't be afraid to actually run toward it. Or your finances that have been off limits to God, don't be afraid to take a step and run with him toward it. Or your addiction that you've been just trying to stuff below the surface and pretend it's not there. Don't be afraid to dig it up, drag it into the light. Take a step of faith and run into that thing that seems really scary. Or your past sin that you haven't told anyone about but is holding you in bondage. Don't be afraid to take that step of faith and face it. I found more often in my life the things that seem really big and really scary when I take that step of faith and obedience and run actually toward it because Christ is calling me to, I discover it's not that big and it's not that scary with him beside me. 
and he'll show up in huge ways. Tomorrow we launch into this thing called the faith experiment. And can I just encourage you to go on the journey with us. And daily, do, do a daily reading, grow and stretch your faith, run toward things that the Lord is calling you to run toward and when he calls you there, do it in obedience. Eliminate those things that cause fear. But maybe just for today, let's start by asking this question. And ask it of the Lord. Are there any things in my life that I'm inviting in that actually cause fear? Or cause me to be anxious? That actually sabotage my faith? And, and if there are, God, could you give me one little step to maybe a little step that I could take that would help eliminate that? And maybe a, also a little step I could take that would help me take a step into faith. And so why don't you stand with me and we'll close in prayer. And I just want to give God a little bit of time to talk to you about that. And then I'm also going to just end by, by praying for you. Because here's the deal. During this faith experiment, maybe there's something in your life that you're like, I just, I've got something huge. I've got something overwhelming. And right now I feel like my well is dry in the area of faith. And yet, much like the ESPN commentator, when he prayed, a lot of people's faith, I believe, grew. A lot of people actually rode the wave of Dan's faith. And maybe today you're facing something in your life and you feel like, my well is empty in the area of faith, but I'm telling you, mine's not. And I want to pray for you over whatever you're facing and what maybe you can just ride the wave of my faith as I just want to pray for you, Okay. And so um, let's start by just uh, first facing into this thing called fear. Jesus, I just pray over every one of us here that if there are things in our lives that, that, are, that we're doing or engaging in or watching or listening to that actually are stirring up fear or anxiety in us and are sabotaging our faith, would you just bring that to the surface of our mind right now? Bring it to the forefront of our mind. So in the next couple of seconds, kind of just reveal to us what that is that might be sabotaging our faith by seeding fear. And now, Lord, would you just give us a little step that each of us could take to help to us eliminate that from our lives so it wouldn't sabotage us anymore? Maybe it's an understanding of how we can eliminate it or how we can back away from it how we can get rid of that. And then, Lord, could you give us maybe a little, just a simple step that we could take to help grow our faith this week? Just plant that in, in our hearts and in our minds. Give us a picture of what that looks like. This simple step could grow your faith. And then, God, I know that there's probably... Uh, a lot, of, a lot of people here in the room and maybe online or in VR who right now, they've got a big hurdle, something that's huge and overwhelming in their life. Maybe it's the diagnosis or relationship struggle or a family issue or a work issue or a financial issue. And maybe they feel like, I just don't have the faith for this. And so right now, I just want to pray for you. Jesus, would you show up right now in their lives, in this situation, in a practical, tangible, powerful way. Even if it's the smallest thing that just starts to move the needle in the right direction, God, would you touch their situation, touch their lives and bring and make a difference 
this week in that area of their lives. We pray not in our own ability, but we, we anchor our prayers and our faith to the work of the cross where Colossians tells us all things were reconciled to you at the cross, meaning at the cross you made a way for all things that are broken to see the reconciliation and the work of heaven touch that thing. And so we just declare that right now in Jesus' name over our situation that we're facing. Lord, during the next 12 weeks, grow our faith. Pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. If you'd like to partner with Lakeland in helping people follow Jesus, be changed by Jesus, and commit their lives to the mission of Jesus, you can contribute to the mission by visiting lakeland.church forward slash give.